says at the bottom he won't contact me. you know this will be the last I hear from him but he's, he's said that a lot of times and it's, he, he never does seem to stop Okay, well, I'll, I'll let I'll, I'll uh, let me want to so I want to contact you back. Just uh, discuss what can be done. Okay. Will it be the, the police officer that's been dealing with my case? Uh, I can't guarantee who it'll be. Oh, oh, hey, Luna. Oh, hey, operator. How you been? Good. Good. How about you? You just got back from like a trip or something. Didn't you go take some kind of romantic getaway with, with your lady? I did. For the first time since I'd known you? Yes. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Went on, we had an anniversary that came up, and so we went away, and we left the kids with a pile of cereal on the ground, and we were like, ration it out, kids, because we're coming back in two days. <laughs> <laughs> we used to play this game at the group home I worked at where we... Would uh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this? Where we would bet like which kid would last the longest in the home with a bunch of food in the fridges and stuff like that, and <laughs> almost all of them would have not made it very long. So our kids are scrappy, so they also eat like sparrows. So you know, uh, a box a box of uh, Lucky Charms thrown on the ground would have lasted a month, probably. <laughs> yeah. So where'd you go? Yes, like you said, the first time we had been away in seven years, actually seven years. This is the first wow. first anniversary we've done something. We've you know gone on dates and stuff like that, but uh, this was the first like going away dinghy. And uh, wow, and we're we're starting to pay the bills a little bit, so it must have been a real nice nice place. Oh or? yeah, yeah, it did help to pay the bills. Yeah, we went we went to a potato. Pardon me. Yeah, we went to a potato. What does that mean? We we stayed in a potato, actually, a potato. We lived in a potato. I'm still not. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, I can see how this probably comes across kind of weird. Yeah, it, uh, we went to Airbnb, and we were looking for a place to stay, and there's so many beautiful places, so, like... There's, you know, tree houses you could stay in or really just beautiful mansions and all these places. And then in the middle of a field next to a cow named Dolly, there's a potato, a giant potato. It used to be a potato that drove around on the back of a truck on a giant semi, would drive it around the nation and present the attributes of Idaho potatoes to the world. <laughs> and it was on this tour. And when the tour was done after many, many years, a woman was gifted the potato. And then she plopped it in the middle of a field, literally like in the middle of like 80 acres of nothing. Puts a cow named Dolly next to it. Turns a silo into this amazing spa, bath, just crazy spa a grain silo and then the potato uh-huh. she turned the potato into an airbnb and it's the most glorious potato you've ever stayed in it sounds that sounds really romantic huh yes my wife was crying when i told her we were gonna stay in a potato after seven years of doing nothing yeah it was great i bet she was see oh what kind of whoa and extra Benefits we didn't even know until we were there. It is 80 yards from a train track. Uh, okay. The, yeah. And so why is that good? It was an active tra- train track all night long. There are 
amazing trains that pass by you. Whoop, whoop. And I would get up and I would go out and I'd be like, oh, there's another train. Love, come look at the train. And I'm like, you know, taking pictures of the trains. And uh, she cried Uh-oh. again. It was like 4 a.m. Yeah. And she was still like amazed. Balling. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. so. You know what, though? It was, we took pictures, we video. I might post some of what it was like. You can't imagine, though, how. Also this, she was like, you do realize that staying in this potato is more expensive than like three quarters of the places on Airbnb. I was like, I know. Isn't it crazy? It must be that good. <laughs> it was. She's probably crying because of all the uh, sour cream and bacon and chives that were stuck in her eyes, right? Okay. Also, amenities. No TV, no Wi-Fi, oh. a record player with old records of country music stars. We listened to Buck Owens and the Buckaroos while we played uh, Scrabble <laughs> all night and... Uh, also, right over the train tracks, there's a road, and the speed limit on the road is 60 miles an hour. But what's fun about it is you see, when you're driving down the road, you see the train tracks coming. And like most train tracks, if there isn't a stop sign, you know, you just kind of bump, bump over them, right? Well, this one takes a hard left right after the train tracks that you can't see. And so at night, you hear, bump, bump, as cars oh. don't notice the curve and it was mm-hmm. it was so cool because then we got to meet a couple people who like didn't make it onto the road you know right now we're like hey hey we're in the potato <sighs> wow well yeah i could see why she was pretty emotional about that trip yeah. let's see why so there there's another i don't want to bring this up but it's might make uh people happy to hear this so you were there because because your house something's going on with your house right right yeah oh also maybe another reason my wife was crying is she's excited because we're getting kicked out of the place the farm that we live on (laughs) right you're right yeah (laughs) we have a that's positive that's five acre horse Mm. property um and we love it it's got a barn and all these things um but our big plan, our evil plan, is to own forty to sixty acres and have you know build a home and all that, and to to prevent us from having to get too tied down or too much of a you know whipped around by the market. We were like, let's just rent this property. We'll board some horses, offset the rent, blah blah blah. And the owners are amazing, and they were like, we'll never sell it out from underneath you if we were ever to ever consider selling it we would give you first right of refusal. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, amazing. This is great. Oh, she called the other day and said, hey, guess what? <laughs> we're, we're selling it. And she's like, but you have first right of refusal. I was like, yay. What do you want for it? Right. The place, um, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so over the weekend, they put it on the market because we did get first right of refusal, but I couldn't find my $732,000 Oh, right. Uh, that's how much it's going to cost? Yeah, well, yes. That's what it sold for after 36 offers oh. over the weekend. Because mm. we left just, we left over the weekend and they did a viewing. Staying a potato. Yeah, they did like mm-hmm. a, a funeral viewing for the house and many people came through and looked at all of our things that we have and all the valuables. And, and they were like, this is amazing. Mm. Yeah, so it sold over the weekend and now we've got to move. 
They so she gave you a coupon to go hang out at a potato while they sold your house out from an. I would season? love to have had a coupon, but no, I paid full price. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's get into this call. Oh. I think everybody's in tears right now, just like your yes. wife is. So that that was heartwarming. Huh? Thank you. Yeah, you know, just onward and upward. I say about everything. It's, yeah, definitely. I've got a couple questions yeah. for you. Sure. Hey, Luna. Have you ever worked stocking shelves or in inventory management? Not to be confused with working at a rest home, which I'm sure at times is like herding cats, very sweet old cats, but quote unquote inventory when we look at it through the prism of the rest home from a business standpoint. Uh, okay. I've worked in nursing homes. We never looked at it that way. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I did, I did work stocking or taking stuff off shelves and putting it on a pallet and then carting it out to the front where they put it on trucks. Actually, my brother uh, Leroy Luna from, excuse me, that's illegal. He still works at this place. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a tough job. I, I, I made a mistake of stacking the toilet paper first and then putting all the cans of pop on the top and they call your number and you come back and they're yelling at you because everything fell over and then they fire you mm. i did that this this same place they would hire felons you know to do weekend work i remember one of the guys getting taken out by security the one time and he looks over at us he goes don't eat the strawberries they're watching us oh, wow <laughs> he, he got fired for eating strawberries so don't eat the strawberries that's what I remember. Was he sort of deluded? Like he was like, don't eat those strawberries because they watch us. Like the stra- like he thought the strawberries were watching you? No. <laughs> what happened was he was eating strawberries out of one of the crates and they saw him on the, you know, on the cameras. Oh. And they, they, they escorted him out of the building for stealing their product. We were all eating the strawberries, but he got caught. <laughs> I thought you were saying the strawberries were watching you, but no, the people that <laughs> own the place were watching you. I, oh, it makes more sense. Makes more. You got Though it. I did stay in a potato, so you know who knows what Ooh. you could do these days with with strawberries. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So you have been a stalker before. Okay, good to note. Check right. the box. Have also, hey mm-hmm. Luna. Have you ever been in the military? And if so, what is your rank? And if not so, have you ever owned any Army Navy apparel? Uh, okay. No, I haven't been in the Army. Definitely wore some camo. I have a camo joke. Really? I have a camo joke that I, uh, yeah, I, I thought you, you might enjoy this. My wife claims that men in camouflage look really sexy, but I just don't see it. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I like that one. That's funny. That's one for, yeah. I saw a picture one time on the internet of uh, someone took a picture of two people sitting at a table at a restaurant. And the caption said, it's so sad that she's, this woman is eating dinner alone because her husband was in all camo. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a good one, too. We used to make fun of this guy in our school who wore all camo. We'd act like we couldn't see him all day. Like we wouldn't even, we'd speak past him and run into him and stuff. And then he came into the class one day, this French class and the French teacher was a real I, I, I know I can't swear on this show because it's a family show. She was a real B. Mm. And uh, he walks in with his new, brand new boots, these brand new steel-toed Doc Martens. And she's like, oh, those are nice. You're going to have to work them in. And he goes, I'll work them in in your face. <laughs> and she goes, 
go to the principal's <laughs> office. And he got suspended. No. He got suspended. Really? Yeah, for threatening to kick her in the face with his steel toe. Oh, he should have just pretended that the steel toe boots were just doing their own job, and he wasn't even there. He wished he could have just disappeared, <laughs> yeah. but it turned out... He was in real life still. Yeah. yeah. You can see a guy in camo. Strawberries can see you too, I believe. One time I was doing uh, a whole rebranding marketing campaign for an RV company. And uh, they were so excited about the marketing and everything. And then the owner turns to me and he says, what RV do you own? And I was like, I don't own an RV. And he says... How do you, I, you expect me to believe that you could be the guy that does a successful marketing for an RV company if you don't own an RV? And I said to him, I said, I also don't own any lingerie. And he's like, excuse me? <laughs> and I said, well, just last week, I did the marketing and rebranding for a shop in Alabama that is an Army Navy slash lingerie store. And I don't own any lingerie. And he said, yeah. duly noted. And then we continued. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was in sales for a long time myself, but just uh, as at temp agencies and stuff where you would have to call up different people and I would have to call up farmers pretty much from the area where I live in now trying to sell them this new seed for beans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would ask me the same question. Are you a farmer? You ever worked on a farm? You ever done this before? Can you answer me this question? What type of fertilizer? And I was like, sir, I'm in a really shitty office <laughs> in <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> Ontario. Oh, you're out there in Toronto. And they hang up on me. Because I don't know if you know much about Canada, but Toronto, Ontario, they think it's the center of the universe. Maybe something like New York. And when I first came out here, came out west, the first thing this farmer type guy said to me when, he, when I told him where I was from, he said, Well, welcome to Canada, son. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I've watched enough corner gas to know that people from Toronto do not get a fair shake. Anywhere else in Canada. (laughs) Yeah, I hate that show. You love that (laughs) show. Also, then one other thing. So as far as Army-Navy stuff goes, I haven't really owned a lot of Army-Navy, but there is one Russian movie called The Cuckoo, which I love. (laughs) And I love it for a lot of reasons. But one thing is, in the movie, it took me so long to figure this out. I researched and researched, but the guy had a pair of boots on that looked so amazing. They were Army boots, but they had like these really gnarly like metal that seemed to like fold out over the edges of the boots and it it just looked so chunky and awesome and I was like I want that and then I figured out what it was is actually back then what they would do to make a boot more sure-footed is they would add what are called hobnails to the boot and you pound them mm-hmm. in and they're actually like extra traction and they wrap up around the side but they're kind of these like little it looks like barnacles in a way, but they're metal, and you pound them into the bottom of the boot, and you surround the sides of the boot with them, and then your boots mm-hmm. are awesome. But then you can never walk on anything normal again, like linoleum or wood floors or anything like that. Right. So I never really got them, but I like Army-Navy stuff a lot. Hey, uh, before we finally get into this call, I need to ask you this question. I've never asked you this before. Do you wear shoes inside in the States? Do you guys wear your shoes around the house, your outdoor shoes inside? I do as a test of my marriage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I, I I see pictures like people from the states like they're in on their couch with their sh- running shoes on. Yeah, 
And maybe it's because a lot of the places, like, it's warm all the time and it's they don't get slush and stuff on them and mud like we do. But you're still stepping in where a hobo might have spit. Sure. Or, you know, there's nasty stuff on the streets. Yeah. So you don't wear your shoes inside. And that's not a regular thing in, in the U.S.? That's just a stereotype? I think one thing that you and I both uh, have in common is we both live on not paved areas. So you don't wear your shoes a lot more in areas where it's not paved right. but but the majority of like a lot of places are paved the roads are paved the neighborhoods are paved everything has pavement so your feet really it's almost an afterthought except for most people most late most most people that keep a nice home are like please take your shoes off that and in Japan, huh. they do that too. I did the opposite. I wear my slippers outside. Mm. Sometimes when we're in the beer store, someone would be like, are those slippers? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're slippers for sure. <laughs> oh, they got a lot of snow in them, huh? I'm like, yeah, my feet are very cold, but <laughs> I'm a pretty casual guy. <laughs> I go from my studio to beer store and then back to the studio. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the call, though. You got a call? Yeah, I do, actually. Okay, so this call... Is about a woman named Alice Ruggles. And just as a side note, and also a super supportive note throughout this whole thing, we owe a large bit of gratitude to our friend and fellow listener, Jessica Clare from the UK. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know her. Yeah, she's great. She, she was like, this is a case you got to cover. And I said, I said, no. And she was like, do it. And I said, fine. Um, and then <laughs> okay. she, th- this is an amazing one though. So Jessica, thank you very much uh, for helping us with this one from, she sent me some, some information and some inside tracks kind of stuff, which makes this amazing. So thank you, Jessica. All right. All right. So thank you, Jessica. Yes. Alice Ruggles, age 24. She's from, uh, if you say it like where they're from, she was from Leicestershire. 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 Mm. Or if you're Kent Chungus from True Crime Kent, which is another one of our podcasts. If you're not listening to it, you really have offended us. If you're Kent, mm-hmm. he would say Leicestershire. Leicestershire. So that's, <laughs> that's where yeah. she's from. Sounds right. Yeah. She moved to Gateshead from Leicestershire where her parents also resided, after university. She had been dating a boy man named Harry Dillon. Harry. Oh, that's a rough one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was a military lance corporal in the army there in the country of the UK. He also had a Sikh name of Triman Dillon. Hey, Luna, do you know what determines if someone is Sikh? Have you ever heard of that Sikh before? Sure. And this guy's name is apt because they don't trim their Dillons. You know, they, they don't cut their hair. They don't. That's what I know. That is that is true. It's a it's a it's a it's customary of the culture. That's correct. That's not racist or anything because it's actually true and customary. So, so the truth. Yeah. We'll put mm-hmm. an asterisk by that part. Um, but yes. So to determine if someone is Sikh, uh, basically the definition of Sikh or Sikhism is a Sikh is a person that's associated with Sikhism, which is a monotheistic religion that originates back to the 15th century. It's based on the revelations of Guru Nanak, 
Not to be f- confused with Nana Kay, who's an old lady I knew in Huntsville, Alabama, who <laughs> made cornbread that was so mean it could stand up and fight the collard greens on your plate. And that's saying something, since collard greens have a pretty mean green streak in them. <laughs> uh, anyway, mm-hmm. the term Sikh, quote-unquote Sikh, S-I-K-H, has its origins in the Sanskrit word Fruit stripes gum, meaning a disciple <laughs> or a student. <laughs> okay. All right. Because I'm looking at like a hieroglyphic on your script here, so you're making fun of the way that they write their words down. No, I, I believe that it actually says fruit stripes gum. Fruit stripes gum. That's what it uh, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> That's not actually another language. That's it says fruit stripes gum. Okay. You think it's just Sanskrit writing? It doesn't, but uh, is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you see fruit stripes in it, actually, though, so I'll give you a bit of a pass, but... Do you know... Keep going, please. Okay. Do you know why I like fruit stripes gum the most? Oh, God. No. Because it has all of the colors in it. All of the colors. I think that it is a beautiful thing. I'd like to keep thinking of it that way, if you don't mind. I don't mind. I'm just saying it's not translated as fruit stripes gum. It's just, uh, like, Sanskrit writing. Yeah, right. I, I think we both know what you're trying to say. So we're just going to move on, okay? Okay. So sorry, everyone. There are hundreds of thousands of people that follow Sikhism in the UK. In 2000, which is the last census that we have accurate data from, there were 336,000 Sikhs in Britain. That seems to me like a suspiciously even number, (laughs) but in the last 20 years, I feel confident in saying that that number has probably grown by at least 10 or more, and I think that is beautiful, okay? Yeah. All right. Alice, she was dating Harry or Truman, Truman, whatever, however, pick one. You could pick one in this case. Uh She was uh, dating him. She ended up making a call to 999 on October 1st of 2016. So let's let's listen in on this budding romance and uh, and see how it's blossoming. Okay. Are you ready for me to hit play? Big time. Here we go. Hi there, um, I just need a bit of advice really, um, more than anything. Um, so I split up with my boyfriend about three months ago. Um, since then, I'm, I know that he's hacked into my Facebook and also my phone. Um, he's been sending me a lot of messages even though I've asked him not to contact me. And um, basic, basically, like just messaging my friends and things um, and then tonight he's um, well I had a knock at my door and well he'd, he'd sent me a message saying I've been in the garden since five I had a knock at my door um, and then when I went and I've got like a little you know the thing that you can look through um, and there was no one there and then it happened again um, two or three times and then um, he's come round the back, knocked on my bedroom window at the back of my flat, ground floor flat. Um, and he's been outside and he, he's like left um, some flowers and chocolates on the like outside windowsill and like he walked off. He's not done anything, but I'm just I'm concerned. I've been putting off like my friends have been telling me to call the police. I've been putting that off, but it, I just feel a bit like shaken up tonight. So well, it's, it's it can be. 
Yes. Is a crane. Yes. If you do any contact for them, there's a number of things you can do. Yes. You could go to a solicitor and take out an injunction. Yes. Keep them away from you. Yes. Or report it directly at least now, and we can issue them with a pin notice, which means if he ever comes near you again or contacts again, he'll be arrested. Okay. So, which would you prefer? Can I um, try that option, please? Yeah, of course you can. I'll put in your name, please. Pardon? Your name? Oh, sorry, um, it's Alice. And your name, Alice? It's Ruggles, and um, that's R U G G L E S. And your date of birth? The 24th of December, 91. And what's he called? Um, Harry Dillon. Um, but I, his actual name is Truman, which is T R I. Right, sorry. What, what's this with Harry Dillon? Because I wanted to ask. So, what, what's his name? Well, his name's Harry Dillon, um, but he's he's got like a a seat name, which is Truman. Right. So, what what name does he go by? Alex? Harry. Yeah, Harry. Harry Dillon. Yeah. How are you spelling the Dillon? Um, D H I double L O N. Right, and how old is he? Um, 25. And where does he live? Um, he lives in Edinburgh, in, um... Ah, he lives in Edinburgh? Yeah. So he's, like, driven down. his number. We've got two phones. I've blocked both numbers. Um, so he's been sending me Gmail messages. I haven't blocked him off Gmail because I don't want him to start emailing my work email. Um, but I haven't replied to them. Then he's also made a fake Snapchat account to try and contact me on. Do you know his address in Edinburgh? Yeah. Right. I will need to get the Edinburgh Police to go and serve him with a pit and orders. Okay. Right, well, what I'm going to do, um, we'll see if we can meet an appointment to come and see you. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. I feel as we've got a daily appointment free and we'll get the details. Thank you. Actually, we've got no appointments left for tomorrow, Alice. Uh, okay. So it looks like it's going to be Sunday now. Yeah, that's okay, yeah. Right. If we come and see you on Sunday afternoon about one o'clock, get the details from you and get a statement from you. Yeah, that's no problem. If anything happens in the meantime, just give me a call back. Okay, we'll see. Uh, make a note of the incident number, which is 59. 59, right. okay. Right, that goes to today's date of the 1st of October. Okay. All right, so just to preface things a bit, I think stalking, harassment, and all those, it's a very, it's, it's mired with issues because the whole thing is a very emotional scenario mm -hmm. of which there oftentimes is 
undetermined amounts of substance or lack of substance. Okay. So mm -hmm. heightened emotions plus a very difficult challenge on everyone's part to bucket what is currently happening. So let me ask you, Linda, what are just generally, what are your thoughts on stalking and sort of those nuances of determining like contact between two people and determining is, is it stalking or is it just annoying? I think if you feel in any way uncomfortable, especially when it comes to a woman and a man and a man's doing the stalking, that as soon as they're uncomfortable, that's stalking to me. As soon as they told you to stop it and they keep on doing it, then it is. And and a lot of these guys who stalk, they'll give the impression like, whoa, 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 especially in this. He's trying to sell something is what my understanding is. I don't speak British, so it was hard for me to pick a lot right. up on that. Yeah. But. But the she clearly feels uncomfortable, and you can tell with her tone, her cadence, her delivery, her her aura in this whole call that she's almost slightly embarrassed by making the call because it's not outright something being mm -hmm. done to her. But she's definitely uncomfortable. So as soon as you're uncomfortable, that that in my mind is enough. And the problem with these guys is that they're very manipulative, and they'll 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 walk this tightrope. They'll it's almost if you could picture a line in the middle between them. He's walking right up to that line, which makes her uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and he's speaking over that line, but he hasn't yet stepped over it. So no crime has actually been committed, but the threat of it is enough for me to make me uncomfortable even hearing this. I feel bad for her and and uncomfortable for her. Yeah. So when it comes to to a man and a woman, I'll say a lot of men can't take no for an answer and the fact that they keep on coming back to get multiple no's, uh the second no is stalking in my mind. Leave them alone. Mm -hmm. Piece of garbage. For sure. The other component of this that I try to keep in mind is, yes, 100%. You and I sitting here talking about it, we're looking at this from a citizen's perspective. We feel that either they are or us in that situation, we would be unprotected or exposed. So it's like the height of all the frustration and the emotion goes up. Now, if you were to write all that down and then go to the people that make laws or the police and say, let's make a situation where we can cover all these, mm -hmm. the issue suddenly becomes tenfold difficult because the law or the police would say, okay, so basically what you're saying is if you feel uncomfortable, you should be able to call us and we'll put a bunch of people on it. Mm -hmm. And then we say, yes, exactly. And they're like, okay, let me show you how many people call because they're uncomfortable. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? So like the, the manpower needed to cover Joe Citizen and all of the citizens' level of discomfort in a situation suddenly becomes, I'm not going to go as far as to say untenable, but the law has to say, okay, we got to put some definition to this. It's very similar to Amber Alerts. When an Amber Alert goes out, it goes out because it's met certain criteria. And it's also heartbreaking to know how many Amber Alerts have not gone out because they didn't meet certain criteria, such as all of the emotion that comes into play, like, my child's missing. And they're like, I'm sorry, these are the criteria for us to send out an Amber Alert. Yeah. And because of that, we respect the Amber Alert. Could you imagine, though, if we got 10 Amber Alerts a day because the citizens could push and we could bypass the criteria? I hear you. I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate saying this is a very yep. situation for all involved because holy cow. Yeah. You know, how 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 does it, how how can we manage this properly is the question really. I think it be, it could be simplified just to this. So say say your child is at school and there's a bully 
messing with them, but the teacher has not seen it directly, and they think maybe this child is just a bit sensitive. That doesn't matter. Mm. Okay, what matters is that this child is feeling uncomfortable, so that other child needs to be let known to back off because yes. whether they think they're doing it or not, it is the result of the way that they're behaving towards them. I don't care if it's teasing, don't care if it's unintentional. Listen, mm-hmm. this is how it's being taken. So in this situation, you send a cop after this guy, and, and you don't charge him. You don't take him into into prison, or you know, you don't, you know, you don't. Uh, he doesn't get charged with harassment. He gets a warning, and he's let known that, hey, this is inappropriate or bordering on the lines of an actual charge coming. You just, you just, mm-hmm. you know, there's a red flag, okay. and you let him know about it. So let me ask you this. Uh, let's, let's say that it's, he's a ringer. Let's say this guy does have ill intentions. And Alice then has the way the quandary of, I know this guy's not stable, and you just asked me, do you want us to send some police over to talk to him to say, hey, what you're doing right. is paramount to harassment or stalking? Alice then has to think, okay, but you're not going to actually do anything to keep him from doing it again. All you're going to do is piss him off more if I say yes, go do that. In my mind, that puts it in the bucket of the abuser and the abused. Oftentimes, the abused refuses help from parents or supporters or even the police because they're like, unless this is final and locked down, that dude's coming back. You know what I mean? I hear you. Absolutely, I hear you. But again, the nuances and, and the different situations and in the spirit of not putting everything in one bucket, mm-hmm. what, what you really need to understand about a guy who's potentially stalking someone is that he's a coward inherently. Mm-hmm. The fact that he hasn't gone forward and actually done it, a stalker is feeling things out. So when they get a little bit of blowback, they get told by a police officer, hey, we see what you might possibly be doing. I don't care if you're doing it or not. This is how it feels. A coward, there's a good chance they're going to back off right. just on that level. Check. Sure. Good point. In this situation. Good point. Yes, yeah, statistically, there, there's a large chance, percentage, that that person's going to back off. That the, so why not do it? Yeah, good point. Good point. Got to do it. Once again, you start seeing the nuance of this thing, and you're like, okay, well, the majority of the time, like you're saying, they'd back off, so maybe it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. So have you personally, have you ever felt stalked or mildly irritated by some persistent contact that you felt was sort of unwanted or unsolicited? And I'll preface this with... We kind of put ourselves out there, uh, and and our voices, mm-hmm. if nothing else, are are in front of a lot of people. We get communicated to from time to time. Have you have has it ever come across where you feel you've been stalked or mildly irritated by? someone yeah oh definitely definitely i wouldn't use any specific situation with with myself but i'll say in life being i'm a pretty aggressive person things that have happened to me in the past i'll overreact to things like this if i sense anything it becomes the worst possible thing to me it's it's got the worst possible outcome so i i'm a nip it in the bud type of Mm -hmm. type of person and if it happens to another woman or, or a friend of mine or whatever, I would be the type to, to uh, confront that person on it. Um, and what, I think it's interesting what you said earlier there, because I've said that in the past as well. Like you don't want to set them off, but F that person. If, if you see them get set off in any way when you confront them, now it's time to take the next step, mm-hmm. which is you know either put, putting across that information that you see that this person is extremely volatile and possibly aggressive – Give that information to the police or handle it yourself in that in that moment, which would be more the way I prefer to deal with things. When you confront a person about possibly stalking someone, if they are not that way, then they'll be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But if they are that way, they'll become aggressive. Okay. And now you have poked that bubble that they've they've put around themselves and exposed them yes. in one way or the other. 
And so you got to confront it. I agree. And then the the hugger in me kicks in and I'm like, the person that just reached out to me and, and maybe crossed a line with me, like, let's say hypothetically, someone sent me a picture of my house. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just found uh, out where you <laughs> live. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Is this really you? You know, that person. Hypothetically? Yeah, hypothetically. <laughs> If that <laughs> were it's happened to both of us. Yes. <laughs> if that were to happen hypothetically, mm-hmm. the hugger in me knows this person is just really excited about the fact that they found a little nugget of knowledge. For sure. Um because of that, I don't want to embarrass this person any more than I, than necessary, right? I don't want to be like, hey, man, you, you whoa, whoa. Yeah. And if I think about a lot of the relationship situations where someone like Alice is calling Harry, has never hurt her, never done anything physical to her, uh, there are a lot of indicators that we'll see where, where she was controlled. Definitely. And yeah. that, that, those are always the questions that the police ask. Like, has he ever been physical with you before? Has he, has he threatened you? Blah, 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 blah. And if the answer to all those is no, as the human, as the, the, the hugger in all of us, the person that just wants to love other people and not make big situations, is like, yeah, maybe... I don't want to make this a bigger deal than it is, you know, which once again counteracts and fights against us protecting ourselves, which is, yeah. gosh, I hate this. As soon, <laughs> as, as soon as you're put in a situation where you you need to like out, outline all that stuff and be like, hey, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but this is the way you're making me feel. As soon as that's happening, I mean, you're there. I've already done that to you. Yeah. I want to be very clear in what I just said, though. I've had a couple of people reach out to me saying that I've given up enough information for people to know where I am, and that it was in a in a good way, mm-hmm. like an appreciative. Yes. Like I appreciate that, mm-hmm. and I think I'm trying to speak to one particular person right now who's listening, and I hope she knows that that I'm wasn't talking about her. I'm talking about a situation where I've been sent picture, a picture of my home uh, from Google Maps <laughs> saying, I guess you're not as paranoid as you think. Oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> like kind of in a threatening way, right? Right. Uh, it depends. It depends like in anything in life on the intent. You you find out what that intent is pretty quickly when you confront somebody yes. about the way that you're feeling. Yep. Okay. So let's take this situation where you are uncomfortable stating whether or not you are being stalked, which in most of the situations I've been put in, I would be that. I'd be like, I don't know if I'm being stalked. I, I, I know I'm a bit uncomfortable, right. but I'm also, uh, I feel like I'm a dude, and so I shouldn't worry, blah, blah, blah. I got, you know, uh-huh. I got a thing that says we don't call 911, sign on my house, so, you know, take your chances. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I walk around my house at 3 a.m. with two hatchets in my hands, like wish, <laughs> wishing someone would. Uh, that's my, my girl says that all the time. She's like, you want somebody to break it. I'm like, yeah, kind of. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say I want someone to, but go ahead and try. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so let's take that situation. I'm going to run down a list of criteria for determining if something should be considered stalking. And then you tell me how using that scenario kind of we just talked about, which you're kind of on the fence of like, is this worth it, you know, doing anything about it? You tell me whether or not mm. how you would sum up the contacts that, contact that you've experienced. Okay, so yep. in the U.S., the federal government, all 50 states, the District of Columbia, which is Washington, D.C., basically, and the U.S. territories, they've all enacted criminal laws to address stalking. And in Canada, where you are, not to let everybody know where you're at, because now, <laughs> sorry. You can find me very easily, yeah. yeah Canada's a big Canada. place, so I feel a little comfortable. <laughs> 
the, the, the legal term where you live uh, is actually called criminal harassment or harassment if you're certain people. And stalking has been illegal in Canada since 1993. In the UK, in 1997, there were laws that were established against harassment or harassment. And uh, there were actually laws that were updated in 2012 to specifically address offenses regarding stalking. Okay, to not make everybody's earballs melt off and this becomes super boring and like I should have a PowerPoint with this. I'm just gonna, I'll simplify some things here really quick. Mm -hmm. Stalking and harassment definitions vary across jurisdictions. So, but here's a legal definition of stalking, okay? State laws vary regarding the element of victim fear and emotional distress as well as their requisite intent of the stalker. So fear, Good. emotional distress, and the intent of the stalker. Those are three factors that have to sort of be addressed. Uh, some state laws specify that the victim must have been frightened by the stalking, while others require only that the stalking behavior would have caused a reasonable person to experience fear. Mm -hmm. States also vary. These are basically U.S., but they would apply universally, really. Um, states vary regarding what level of fear is required. So I'm not quite sure how they factor that, or is it like the hospital where you go to the hospital and you're looking at the sad face all the way to the happy face, and it's like on a scale of 1 to 10, where is your pain level right now? Like, I don't know how right. they do that. Um well, but, I think what's happening here with what you're talking about right there is that this 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 part of it is trying to protect a possible uh, person who's being accused of something that they're completely not doing, yes. which does happen. There are people who, like Karens and things like that, mm -hmm. who go over the top, right? So that would be protect them. Uh, pre previous, what I was saying as well is like there, there's no harm in checking these people and letting them know, you know, it doesn't have to be an outright charge. Right. Sorry, I'm, no, I'm interrupting. No, too much. I totally Sorry, agree ahead. with you there. And to your point, it, unless we want to take it all on and be like, "Hey, I'm reaching out to you to let you know you made me uncomfortable." If you feel it's gone a certain direction, there are other people that we can involve that do that for us. You know, when you feel this, there way. should be. There should be. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And if you can tell by the numbers there, as far as the years where our countries and our our states and everything have come up with laws and determined. This is kind of fresh. I mean, it's not age old. Yeah, yeah, a little late. That's why the 70s was f such a bloodbath. Yeah, exactly. Like, they didn't exactly. take things seriously. We just get to a certain point and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Anyways, yes. it is a little late. It is. So, some state laws require prosecutors, so the people that are trying to convict someone, to establish fear of death or serious bodily harm with the act, uh, while others require only that prosecutors establish that the victim suffered emotional distress. So, once again, if, you, if you're a person that is worried about stalking, really research what state you live in. <laughs> yeah. Interstate stalking is covered under a handful of federal laws in most places in most countries. So, okay, Luna, based on the criteria that we just kind of def defined there, do you think in one of those situations where you're like, I don't know if I was really more annoyed or was I more stalked, were you stalked or were you just annoyed by a person? It it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. It, it, it okay. I know why you're saying that. Me though. personally, me personally, if if any of these type of things happen to me, I'm annoyed. Yeah. Um. I would never consider myself to be stalked. I would handle it. But I'm not. I'm not a. This sweet woman on this call is clearly distressed yes. and clearly uncomfortable and scared. 
too. Yes. And the way she thanked him, her thank you, when she's like, thank you, thank you. She's like humble and almost embarrassed, but at the same time, thank you for listening to me and thank you for doing something about this. I know this might seem silly to you, but it's not for me. Right. So as a, as a dude, as this big, tough, big swinging dick dude, I like to pretend <laughs> that I am, I'm annoyed. Yes. But if, it's hard to say, but if you're uncomfortable, that's, that's enough. It's enough. Right. You bring up a great point. Many people would be like, oh, well, men can handle it. Men should be able to handle it. There, there's a there's a bit of a maybe a comparison and maybe an improper one, because statistically, stalking and harassment happens to both genders. And statistically, again, the responses to harassment and stalking are equal, almost equal, as far as the number of men based on the number of men that were stalked or harassed that reported it versus the number of women that were stalked and harassed that reported it. The number of reportings and the and the findings is equal. That's but the number of people that, that is yes, the number of males that reported it is much lower because we mm-hmm. kind of have that extra layer of frosting yep. on our bodies that says we're a dude, we should be able to handle this. Which absolutely makes the laws even harder in a way, you know, because then they, they look yep. very swayed toward one. Hey, okay, this this basically is my point. I understand. Personally, I really enjoy the mystery of being me, and I I think other people find it fun to almost know something about someone from time to time. You know, I, I think that's kind of you know we all, we all kind of enjoy that, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to go from the innocent kind of I think I know where the operator lives to I think I know where the operator's head is. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I don't want it to cross that barrier. No. But this is what makes stalking and har- harassment so difficult to peg down because a normal person is typically going to be reluctant to make a seemingly abnormal molehill into a mountain if they don't need to. So they factor in all the potential facets of a case where you might be harassed or stalked, the emotional distress versus the social pressure, like I'm a gonna look like a total attention grabbing victim or I'm a dude and nobody has like stuck a knife in me or my face or nothing so I should be able to handle this Uh versus like the legal latitude which is like if I call someone what can the law do and is it subtle or is it permanent is it imposing on the on the potential perpetrator is it final or or is it effective enough all those you know versus playing down the incident uh or the ramifications for you or this uh, there's so many angles to this so it's just simply having a phone number that you can pick up and call mm-hmm. to handle this is way oversimplifying the thing there's there are so many dynamics with this it's crazy there's been so many situations where I, again i'll use a woman and a man like an ex-boyfriend or ex-husband getting involved and stalking and maybe making phone calls and things like this showing up at the house and they call the police and the police go and they talk to the guy and the guy's like whatever she's crazy like uh, i'm not doing that I'm I'm just trying to see my kids. Yeah. I'm just trying to do this or that. And the cops will take that at face value because obviously there's not a crime being committed here. Uh, we're going to have to wait until he does something heinous, I guess. Yep. And then he does. Yes. And then he does. And and the entire time the woman is left there thinking like, well, he, I guess he hasn't done anything yet. I'll have to wait until he actually bursts in the door in the middle of the night. And that fear that is there. With the not knowing, that's part of stalking, part of, part of the thrill for a stalker is that they know that they're thinking about you all the time now because you've instilled that fear in them. And that's a crime in my mind, too. And I don't know how to cut that out, off without there being some kind of 
action having happened, mm-hmm. it's a really difficult situation for a lot of uh, women that I've met in my life. And men, too. I mean, bullying and things like that. Like, oh, we're going to kick your ass. We're going to find you at some point. We're going to get you back. Um, until they get you back, you really don't have anything to call in. It's, yeah. it's a terrible situation. It's, it's, it makes me sick, it, really. It is. It's, it's terrible. It's very toothless. Take, for example... Mm-hmm. Just take the last call we covered with Judge Lance Mason, right? Let's say that his ex-wife rolled up to the sister's house, and instead of just rolling up there and Lance attacking her at the car, she sees that his car's there, so she parks down the street and calls the cops. Mm -hmm. She calls the cops. The cops come. They're like, hey, Lance, uh, you can't be here right now. Lance says, Mm -hmm. well, I was just... I was here because the the kids left the wet wipes in my car. So I was just stopping by to deliver the wet wipes, and I had no ill intentions. And the cops would be like, oh, okay, fine. See you, Judge Lance Mason. And then he drives away. Yeah. And... Uh-huh. But he just goes around the corner, right? And then, like, it's so hard uh-huh. to catch a stalker in these cases. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're in, they're out. All right. So get ready to be even more frustrated here because this brings us back to the case of Alice. So telephone records show that Alice had actually abandoned a 101 non-emergency call. 101 is the call number for one that's not an emergency, but you you need to talk to somebody. You need to set something up. You need to get something documented, right? Which, once again, is a bit confusing mm-hmm. because it's like, which one should I call? Yeah. Yeah. So many mental, mm-hmm. mental games to play here. But she abandoned the call to 101 non-emergency to the Northumbria police on the 24th of September 2016. So about 18 days prior to all this stuff going down. After she'd been on hold for six minutes and 43 seconds Mm -hmm. and failed to get through to a call handler to raise her concerns regarding Harry's behavior. Um, (laughs) So a panel concluded that this was a missed opportunity to intervene and support Alice at an earlier stage in the relationship, which, yeah, missed opportunity, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. So, okay, a report said that certain details that she gave on the first call on October 1st, 999, about Harry knocking at her door and a text message confirming he had been outside her home were not recorded by the call handler. So what we just heard was more information than he recorded, Mm -hmm. okay, which Mm. crazy was also difficult to track down that that caller had left the the force the police force the person who took the phone call from from this woman had left left the police force yeah so he no longer was with the police force uh, so the urgency of this 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 initial call was kind of lost was delayed there's nobody worried it, except for her at this point exactly so lance corporal tremontillon who was an active soldier at the time, was also known as Harry by his friends and uh, to the people that had ever seen his back. Hilarious names, by the way. I know I mentioned earlier, but for to be called Harry Dillon and then trimming the Dillon, you know, yeah. and then the hair with the Sikh thing, there's a lot going on there. There's the a, comedy, but there we'll move on. There's a lot of comedy happening. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, not interesting, terribly enough maybe, he had been subject to a restraining order previous after attacking oh, good. Uh, his partner in a previous relationship. So the experience that Alice was experiencing wasn't a new experience for the experienced Harry. Mm-hmm. 
So he bombarded Alice with text messages and phone calls, made unwelcome visits to her home, gave her unwanted gifts, and threatened to kill himself. <sighs> yeah. So in, right. in the days that followed that, that original call that we heard, Dylan was issued with a police information notice, also called a PIN, P-I-N, for harassment to warn him that he could be arrested if he contacted Alice again. So, okay, you know. What we were talking about, do you do you stir the turds? Do you, you know, kick the hornet's nest? Do you do something? And they did something. <laughs> stir the turds. Uh-huh. Here's an interesting thing, though. Another failure, uh, sad wrinkle in this is the officer that was arranged to deliver the pin, that, uh, that notice to Harry, instead arranged for a major at Harry's barracks in Scotland to issue the pin instead. That was against national guidance for it to be done by a police officer in person. So once again, Dylan didn't receive the pin, but basically the police had just kicked the can down the road rather than handling it themselves as protocol should and would require. And for all we know, one of his buddies came up to him and said, hey, they're, they're kind of complaining about you with this lady, you know. Knock it off or don't. Who gives a shit? Want to go have a beer? Oh, wait, you yeah. don't drink. You're a Sikh. Oh, you want me to tra- trim your pubes for you? Though? Okay. <laughs> I can do that. Exactly. Also, he's in Scotland. So logistically speaking, this pin notice is submitted to him in another country. I'm sure they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. so you got this pin. You can't uh, like, you know, see that girl that's way over yeah. in another country. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's awesome. Did, so do you, did this stop Dylan from making contact with Alice? No, no, it did not. Probably not. Now, a few days later, Alice would be making another call to 999. Oh, God. Are you right. uh, ready for me to hit play? Yeah. All right. Here yeah. we go. Good Afternoon, sorry, good evening, Northumbria. Peace, Jeff speaking, how can I help you? Hi there, um, yeah, I, I've been in touch with the police. Um, um, uh, the, the, somebody's been issued with a pen so that they, they can't contact me, however, I've had a, had a letter off them. Right, okay. So you're reporting like, the breach of the pen? Yeah, yeah. And who is it from? Um, who's the letter from, or yeah. who's the... Uh, yeah. um, Harry Dillon. So is that who the, the pin's against, is this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'll just take some TDS here. Uh, your you. uh, telephone number, I've got here, 077 408 56291. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And uh, can I take your name? Yeah, it's, it's Alice Ruggles. So it's A-L-I-C-E? Yeah, R-U-G-G-L-E-S. And your date of birth? 24th of December, 91. And what's your address? Um, it's 136 Rolling Road, and that's um, ME84QT. So you've got a pin, pin against who? I'm against Harry Dillon. Harry Dillon. D- is it Dillon D-I-L-L-O-N or D-H? Or D- D-H-I-L-L-O-N. Do you know his date of birth at all or his age? Yeah, his date of birth is the 5th of December. Uh, 1990. So 5th of December 90. <laughs> uh, so today I received a letter from him. Yeah. Uh, what was the content of the letter? Was he 
So pictures of me and him, um, like, because uh, he's my ex-boyfriend, so like a, a notebook that I sent him when we were together and a letter. So you could have pictures of you and him, uh, notebooks? Yeah, well, no and, and a letter, yeah. Okay, uh, and uh, so what was the... Co what was the nature of it? Was it like threatening or was it harassing? Or no, um, not threatening. It just it's just saying um, that he, he knows I called the police on him and he's had everything confiscated and all he has to himself is a pen and paper and an iPod and explaining why he came down last Friday. Um, and then... Um, it says at the bottom he won't contact me, you know, this will be the last I hear from him, but he's, he's said that a lot of times and he, he never does seem to stop. So you said that before and he just continues to contact you? Yeah. So, so do you want to call back to discuss this? Yeah, what, what, what's usually what happens with it? Okay, well, I'll, I'll let him know you want to, someone to contact you back, just to discuss what can be done. Okay. Will it be the, the police officer that's been dealing with my case? Uh, I can't guarantee who it'll be. Um, I'll let, well, I mean, I'll let them know you've got, you've got your pen notice there, so it's, 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 it's going under a breach of it. Um, okay. Is it best time to phone you back? Um, any any time, really, will be fine. And uh, your telephone number, I'll just make sure I've got the details here. I've uh, got 077 Yeah, that's right. All right. So, after contacting police again on the 7th of October 2016, having received a letter and photographs in the post or mail, Alice was asked if she wanted her former partner arrested. This is actually a question that victims should not be asked by by police guidelines guidance states that the decision to arrest should lie with the officer with an officer not with the victim because that's putting the onus on the victim there's the, the press the, the pressure the stress the mental anguish of has he crossed the line and i oh i got a letter with some photos should i have him arrested that's what right right uh, so Alice declined the option, as I think many people would, since they'd be conflicted with thoughts of making a situation worse or making it out to be more than it was. Also, keep in mind that right. socially and legally, stalking wasn't really a punishable offense at the time. Sort of like bullying wasn't in the 80s and 90s like it is today. Processes have been put into place that basically sets things on rails. This is good for the victim and for the victimizer. Both parties know that there is a pretty solid process in place to prevent bullying. Stalking, on the other hand, not so much. And definitely not so much back then, like five years ago, which is embarrassing. And even now, it uh -huh. isn't attacked like claims of bullying are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Luna, do you think that this was the last 999 call that Alice ended up placing? Uh, God damn it, Op. Yeah. Yes. C considering the content of this show and the calls that you set us up for, unfortunately, oh, that's a terrible question. I hope not. I, I, hmm. This was the last 999 call that Alice made. 
All right. It was the last call that Alice made because the next call was actually made by her best friend and flatmate. And unlike most calls from flatmates when they call 999 on other flatmates that go, Shut up, I ain't done nothing. And the phone says I did. They get into beatings, right? Shut up. I never nick any of her things. Except like maybe one or three things. But that slag, she had it coming. Because she know what she did with Brian, that slag. He done nothing to her. Or at least wouldn't have if she hadn't been like, Yeah, but no, but yeah, but no. But yeah, and Brian was just like, let's go nick some ideas from the shops. <laughs> That's how most of the calls from flatmates to 999 on other okay. flatmates typically go. Oh, okay. <laughs> not in this case. This one wasn't so nice. I, uh, I can't believe you're making me laugh in this situation. I, I have the script in front of me. That just looks like the alphabet backwards. <laughs> Uh, okay, r- really quick. Also, speaking of weird accents, do you know what they call ads in the UK? Adverts. Ads. <laughs> okay. We got to pay the bills. All right. Here we go. Please, I've just, I've just come back to my flat and the door was locked, so I crawled through the window and my flatmate's covered in blood in the bathroom. Is she breathing? I don't know. I can't, I can't look. I'm sorry. Okay, can't try, try and stay calm. Try and stay calm. What's your address? It's Rolling Road. Is she covered in blood, did you see? Yes. Okay, bear with us two seconds. <coughs> Alice! 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 Oh my god, she's dead! She's dead! <sighs> Which town are you in? It's head. What's yeah. your name? Maxine. Maxine. Please, Maxine. <sighs> Not yet. What's your surname, Maxine? Maxine McGill. MC McGill. M-C-G-I-L-L. Okay. <sighs> and yet the door was open. No, it wasn't open. It was locked, and I crawled through my window. There was open in the back door, and she's lying covered in blood. She's what she blew. So you had to go through the the window. Yes. Back door's open. No, the back door wasn't open. No, everything was locked. All right, I've misunderstood you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, housemate, is in the bathroom. Is she in the bathroom? I don't know. Can you have a look and see if she's breathing for the ambulance? She's not. She's not. She's not breathing. No, she looks no. Where's the blood from? It's everywhere. I don't know. Her leg looks broken. Everything. Say that again. Sorry. Her leg looks broken. Everything. I don't know. I've got one of my colleagues on the phone at the ambulance. Is she in the bath? She's in the bathroom. She's in the bathroom. Alice! 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 How much blood is there? There's lots. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. She was in the hospital. She was in the shower. She's everything's been knocked off. It looks like she's been attacked. Please help. Oh my god, I can't even go in. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Try and stay calm. You're doing really well. 
things have been tipped over in the bathroom. Yes, and everything that looks a mess, like she's not breathing, she's actually blue, please. <laughs> Give us two seconds. Okay. Has any of anybody seen anybody around the bank here? Listen, sweetheart. I'm telling my colleague to get the ambulance to give you a ring because she's blue to see if you can get... Please, I can't, 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 can't get my neighbour to do it, please? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't, can't do it. Please. Is your neighbour with you? No, I, I mean, I'm going to shut the door. Oh, my God. What's she called? She's called Alice. Alice. Alice, are you awake? Alice, I don't want to touch her. I really don't want to touch her. Right, is there any of there with you? No. No, it's just kids out the front, please. Look, I think she's dead, I think she's dead, she's blue. There's an officer travelling. Is the ambulance oh. travelling, Cathy? Please. Please, I need something here right now. I know you do. We're getting to you as oh. soon as we can. Oh. 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 Okay, just try and stay calm. Oh, Where are dead. you? She's dead, she's dead. She's try dead. and stay calm. Really Maxine, Maxine. Try and calm down, try and breathe. You're doing really, really well. You've done the right thing by giving us a ring. Try and breathe. I know it's very difficult. You've had a shock, just try and stay calm. Oh, please help me. I know, how, how old is Alice? She's only 23. I mean, you're just coming. I'd act as an absolute psychopath. Say that again, sorry. She's put on a complaint on about her ex and she wrote 101 at the weekend to report that she's trying to get in contact and says we're going to do nothing now this has happened. Right, who, who tried to contact her at the weekend? No, she's contacted 101 because she put on a statement about him two weeks ago. And about who? Her ex-boyfriend, Harry Dillon. Right, so have they, she been having problems with her ex? Yes. So do you think this, that's what it is? Yeah, I think you hear the siren. Oh. Oh. What's he called? Sorry? What's he called, the X? Oh, Harry Dillon. Harry? Dillon. Dillon. Yeah. Please, In your consent, he might be responsible. My neighbour's here. Right, okay. Did you hear any disturbance? Listen, listen. Ask your neighbour. Voice? Oh, yeah, she had voices, so yes, I think it's definitely him. Why? I'm sorry. Why do you think it's him? Because he was threatening like, to, to do bad things to her and stuff. Like, oh, sorry. My neighbour, my mother flatmate. I can hear the police are coming. Yeah, the same oh. as it's seen. I'll wait with you until they're actually with you. Okay, you're yeah. doing really well. You're doing really well, Maxine. Oh. It's okay. Please help us. I don't know what to do.
Other words, you're there now, Maxine. Yeah, it's the police officer. The police officer's there. Yeah. Okay. Um, close your phone down for me, Maxine. Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. Mm. On that call, you can hear her flatmate talk about the fact that she had called 999 to report Harry. Then over the weekend, she called 101 to report Harry. And then mm-hmm. that, that, that is, that is, that 101 call is in addition to the two 999 calls she made, which is tragic because the way that things had been, and I can't even confirm if this has changed, but that the left hand does not know what the right hand is doing between 101 calls and 999 calls. So the connective tissue that should be there to say, hey, somebody called 101, but it actually is an emergency. Actually, it is stalking. Right. That was not defined back then so there was no, there was no reporting mechanism between the two it shows the hesitance on alice's part to make this into a bigger deal and she wanted it to seem like she she like her embarrassment or her her hesitancy in the beginning yes. she clearly is a good person mm-hmm. she's not one of these people who is trying to make a mountain out of a molehill but she still was trying to go through the right avenues so as not to seem foolish in some way right. which is even more tragic which is, once again, why these laws are so difficult to step. Like, another one that I think is mired in, in issues that's very similar to this are any kind of porting on a college campus of a rape or anything like that. The, the college campus and the authorities have to be able to follow sort of a trust but verify kind of mm-hmm. approach to these things. Otherwise, this gets out of control. And the last thing you want is people to take advantage of something like this to hurt someone that they just don't like anymore. Right. You know, an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend is typically not on your favorites list anymore. And there are some dum-dums out there that would be like, hey, it's so easy to report someone and get them arrested. Yeah. I could do it. I can do it. So the laws have to try to prevent the abuse of such a system, but at the same time, be very powerful as a tool for those that are, are Alice Ruggles. You know what I mean? Totally. And they need to stay super vigilant because you, you can't let your concern for people be washed away by all the dum-dums as you as – you put them yes. um, weakening weakening every call. You can't uh, assume. So the people who are taking those calls need to be very focused. Uh, I'm sure, like in anything in life, you just get worn down by the idiots out there, mm-hmm. crying wolf and doing things for their own um, you know, getting attention towards themselves and all that kind of stuff. And then when the real thing comes along, they're crying wolf for those people that are actually going to be attacked by wolves. Yes. Which is unfortunate. Totally, totally, which is another reason it just dawned on me. I've always been sort of frustrated about the layers of of uh, to get someone to, to come, right? You call 911. Typically, that dispatch is separate from the police station or the ambulance or whatever. And I've always been like, it's always frustrated me thinking there's, there's a, sec- a layer in the middle, almost middle management that, that adds time, adds problems. But you bring up a very good point because if the job of retrieving 911 calls, calming someone down, getting all the information, if that was put on the police officer, 
they would become jaded because there's so many butt yes. dials. There's so many that aren't. There's so many people calling to ask how they put batteries in their remote, and you don't want those mm-hmm. people to become jaded. You want them to be able to to act and act actively. Absolutely. It's hard though because, like, even well, say there's a murder case with uh, that Richard Ramirez documentary that just came out, Night Stalker, which is mm-hmm. an excellent documentary. Um, a lot of people thought that Netflix went too far. My comment on it was, "Hey, uh, Richard Ramirez went too far. Yeah, Don't exactly. worry about Netflix. Yeah, this, Netflix is this fine. happened. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they had all these people calling in that they, you know, they they have they suspect somebody of it or whatever, and they're just getting mountains of this stuff. And somewhere in that haystack is the needle that is the actual perpetrator. Mm-hmm. And it's like with this, in that haystack of all these phony shit coming through, people overreacting, all this garbage, uh, there will be a needle in there that that needs to be to be focused upon. So, yeah, you need to stay vigilant and not become jaded. And it's easier said than done. I've been there myself. Yep. Well, and if if nothing ever, if an Alice Ruggles never was killed, then we'd have much more of a conversation about how much abuse is happening. We'd have less conversation right. about, ah, oh, crap, you know, it does happen. Yeah. The needle can mm-hmm. really poke you. Yeah. Oof. It can. All right. Well, so five days after declining the offer to have Harry arrested, Alice was found dead by her flatmate, Maxine McGill is the voice that you heard on the call. She described finding Alice covered in blood and named Harry as the killer, calling him an absolute psychopath on the call. Wow. Uh, In evidence, Alice claimed her friend had complained to police about Dylan's obsessive behavior, but that she felt she had been palmed off, which is basically just sort of dismissed uh, Mm -hmm. by authorities when she had called. Um, man, I don't know how much more you could do, though. You called every single number that you were given to call as a resource for this kind of thing. And she, you know, yeah. she she did it just fine. But yes, I believe she was palmed off. She was just, uh, I don't know, yeah, we'll get to it. And the other thing that was interesting was on the first call when she called and got uh, that officer to talk to her, he was scheduling the visit like I get scheduled a visit by the cable company. All right, uh, we'll be out yep. there on Saturday. Now, actually, it looks like uh, we're all full up on Saturday. And then on Sunday, mm-hmm. we don't do much of nothing. So, how about Monday? Mm-hmm. Between the hours of 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. You know, yeah. it's just like... Man, this is. Can this you is, drop me off a? Can you drop me off a sawed-off <laughs> shotgun in between times? Exactly. And a bear trap to put around like my front door step. <laughs> Just not funny at all. I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's it's ridiculous. But at the same time, mm-hmm. there's there's manpower behind this whole thing. So it's like these two conflicting things are colliding constantly. Yep. Okay, so Alice's throat was cut. And she had been stabbed or slashed at least six times, according to Miss McGill. After an internal review identified potential misconduct by officers, the force, which is another word for the police force, referred the matter to the Independent Office of Police Conduct, also known as the IOPC. For those that can't read long names, it's sort of the UK version of internal affairs in the US. It found that police force treated the matter as harassment rather than the more serious offense of stalking. Uh, stemming from this incident, 
two officers had cases of quote-unquote misconduct to answer, while another performed quote-unquote unsatisfactorily. Misconduct to answer is probably similar to, uh, you know. Not, not doing your job? Yes, exactly. And you got to answer for it, it sounds like. It sounds very toothless, though, i got to be honest. So Northumbria police said that, quote-unquote, lessons have been learned, and it had implemented an improvement plan. Okay, one more thing. Just to add, because one thing I don't like, I don't like people. Okay? Me neither. Period. I don't like people. <laughs> no. Um, I don't like it when a situation is put in very black and white terms and then justified because of the emotion around the situation. So one thing I want to throw out there is this. When you have departments, agencies, uh, places you can work where people's lives are a factor in your job, that has to be yeah. given some credence in how reprimand, how disciplinary action is taken on those people. Like, yeah. if I go to a CPA and I have my taxes done and I end up owing more money, I could get mad at that guy. I could say, hey, I don't want to pay you. I could do a lot of things. Um, but yeah. the, the consequence, it, it, you know, I, I can't have that guy killed or jailed or anything like that. And oftentimes, I think as citizens, we see they're like, hey, this guy has to keep our lives in check. This police officer, his job is to protect and serve, to keep people from dying. And somebody died on his watch. That's part of their job, though. And if we were to punish everyone that made a mistake in that job and there was someone's life that was lost or things weren't done satisfactorily, we'd have thousands of cops in jail and thousands of cops that we kill yeah. because it's, it's important to remember that it's not always relative, that just because my CPA screwed up my taxes, I have to be able to look at things objectively and say a police, a police officer or a police department is reactionary just like a CPA firm is. And they're like, oh, the taxes started to move. We screwed up a bunch of people's taxes last year. We got to make some changes, guys. Similar to police departments that we can't, uh, I hate to say that, but you know, you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. <clears throat> I do know what you're saying. But the stakes of failure are super high, and then the stakes of punishment as well, well should be high. But also, what, what the big problem with a lot of these situations is the amount of money that you are paying people. And I know mm -hmm. this goes on a whole different different realm. But if you're paying just like beat cops and all this kind of stuff, like $30,000 a year, they're going to get worn down quicker. You're also going to attract people with that wage um, of lesser ability. A certain mentality, lesser ability, sure. Skill sets. Right. So I, always, I, I say it about teachers. Like I love, I love teachers and nurses are my two ones that I've met in my life that I have the most respect for, the ones that do their job well because I believe that neither one are paid enough. If you start paying people what they're supposed to be paid for the stakes and for the stakes of the punishment. I've worked in group homes where I'm getting paid $11 an hour and if a kid dies on my shift, I'll be, I'll be interrogated for possibly possibly causing that death by not checking in on the child long enough. So the stakes are very high in that particular job, but I'm not getting paid that well. Right. Like you need to get the right people in for the right jobs and have the right amount of focus. And the only way to get that focus and, and that care for a job is to pay them appropriately. It's a, it's a vicious circle, right? Because the guy that can save your life, like a heart surgeon, is paid a lot of money. Mm -hmm. 
the guy that yeah. potentially prospectively, hypothetically, in the situation where it may or may not ever happen to you, needs to protect your life, like a police officer, we're like, eh, yeah, but uh, it's not quite as transactional. If I need my heart repaired, I'm going to pay for it, and you're the guy that's going to save yeah. my life. I may or may not need you, police officer. I may or may not be able to get into a good college because of my fifth grade teacher. So we we place them on a different level, yet we still expect yeah. outcome mm-hmm. That is damning in a way. It's like you're to protect people. We pay you $30,000, but you screw your job up. Your, your yeah. life's on the line, man. We would have less right. people. If that were the culture, we'd have less people become police officers. We'd have literally, well, yes. we'd have warriors become police officers, and that's about it because the rest right. of people aren't willing to put their neck on the line. Right. And to, to my point, I guess I didn't complete my thought, I don't think, but, but if you're paying so low, then you're going to get kind of sh- – if you're paying shit pay, you might get shit people. If you're paying great pay, then you're going to get the right people applying for those particular jobs and, and getting into those positions. If, if Anyways, yes, it's, it's kind of going on. On a tangent here. Now, to bring it full circle on that, that is the quandary of the world that we live in. However, there was a lot of failure here, a lot of departmental mm-hmm. failure, a lot of checks and balance that were not checked and were not balanced. And that is the tragedy of this. And unfortunately, I hate that it's it takes something, it takes the needle to poke the right people and enough people out of the haystack to make us change how we made that haystack in the first place. Wow, well done. Uh-huh. And this is one of those cases. Thank you, thank you. I didn't even write that down. That just came from my heart spirit, right from there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so, like I said, there was the improvement plan that was put into place. Sounds very benign, sounds pretty toothless, but that is the beginnings of the police department doing something, right? Okay, so... In this case, a little more specificity. A sergeant and a PC, short for police constable, not to be confused with Windows 95, <laughs> quote, unquote, quote, unquote, quote unquote, had received words of advice and completed enhanced training. Once again, sounds like slap on the wrist and some training, uh, which to me sounds like he might have been sentenced to like a petting zoo where he was forced to pet cute animals until he learned his lesson. It also added that while a quote-unquote performance meeting had been held with a further PC to another police constable, right. Harry was jailed for a minimum of 22 years after being convicted of murder at the age of now 26. The Home Office, which is responsible for policing in England and Wales, fire and rescue services in England, they also handle visas and immigration and the security service. So the Home Office, that's the name of this organization. They only started sorting police force stalking statistics in 2014 after it became a standalone offense in 2012. So standalone offense in 2012. How'd you like to become a stalking victim between 2012 and 2014? Because they're just ramping things yeah. up. And then after 2014... They started tracking this stuff, but you guaranteed it wasn't like full tilt. We're up and running. Every stocking case is, you know, monitor. (laughs) I like how he could be released by the time he's 50, when in my experience, most men do their best stocking. In their 50s. (laughs) 
because they've had a life of being rejected or they just broke up with a woman or whatever. Like most of the men that I know that I've been in contact with or had to confront or whatever, they're, they're like in their 50s. Yeah. And they're drinking a lot and getting back at people. We're like, hey, youngster, you uh, did a stalking thing in your 20s. How about we incubate you in the institution till you're 50 mm-hmm. so you can get a lot more tutelage yeah. and then we'll let you out. Oh, my gosh. Let's let a guy who stews easily stew for 20 years <laughs> and then let him out. Jeez. Oh, so, okay. Couple things. Progress, maybe. Call it. Since this incident, police have steadily been recording more and more stalking crimes. Not that there's been more, that they're recording more. In 2014 and 2015, there were 2,882 recorded offenses in England and Wales. That jumped to 4,164 in 2016, 5,313 in 2017, and then nearly doubled to 10,214 in 2018. But with all of those numbers, only 1,822 charges for stalking in 2017 and 2018, illustrating the difficulty of prosecuting these types of crimes still, even though we're tracking. Yeah, I wonder if they, I mean, obviously, these probably all include internet stalking as well. You yeah, know. Yes, it does, like, actually. Yes, it does. It does. Okay. Cyber stalking. A lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a report by the Inspectorate of Constabulary, which sounds like a laxative that my grandma makes, and the... <laughs> Crown Prosecution Service Inspectorate, which sounds like a mouthwash I use at the dentist, um, said Mm. that victims of harassment and stalking are being left at risk because of failings by police and prosecutors. So this isn't just on police. It's on prosecutors as well. It's like, how do you make a mousetrap prosecutors that that fits the size of the mouse? Mm, Nice. So this this joint inspection that was done looked at 112 recent cases of stalking and harassment in depth, but it found that not a single one was dealt with properly. Oh, gosh. All right, Luna, let's say you want to stay just on this legal side of stalking. What do you want to do to have to avoid being to, oh, okay, may, maybe maybe rather than giving a playbook on this, maybe I should say, here, uh-huh. here are some helpful life hacks to know in case you think you're being stalked. Okay. In the U.S., it can so, be oh, – sorry, sorry, did you just have something to say? Uh, no, I was going to – it sounded like you were asking a question, but then it turned into a not a question. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm happy to move on here. Keep going, please. I do that a lot to you. I apologize. It's all right. Sometimes I start asking a question. I'm like, he won't have a good answer to this. So I just move on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have a good answer for that. So I'm thankful. Uh, I wasn't paying attention. I was kind of just like drinking my beer. I should have thought about that before I uh, wrote the question down. Like, should he have an answer to this? Or am I just wanting to hear myself talk? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Anyway, okay. So in the U.S., it can be considered stalking if you are making unwanted phone calls, sending unsolicited or unwanted letters or emails, following or spying on the victim, showing up at places without a legitimate reason, waiting at places for the victim, leaving unwanted items, presents, or flowers. It's interesting that they would say unwanted items, presents, or flowers. Like they specify flowers, that they're not an item or a present, that this, <laughs> yeah. this certain organic object is separate from the rest. Yeah, chocolate chocolate boxes are okay, though. <laughs> I was going to say. That's, oh, no, wait, wait. <laughs> candy. No, candy wasn't it's there. Not, yeah, it's not. And they didn't specify milk chocolate versus dark chocolate. So you might be all right. 
Also, posting information or spreading rumors about the victim on the internet in a public place or by word of mouth can also be considered stalking, interestingly. Yeah, because it is. Yes. So, sum this up. Alice's parents, Sue Hills and Clive Ruggles, both from Leicestershire, have set up the <sighs> Alice Ruggles Trust to raise awareness of the signs of stalking. They said the trust would be worthwhile if they managed to just save one person. And I have to agree. Because all we can do as people is say, all we can do is report the signs of these things before something bad happens. And then we have to make sure that laws are in place that are thorough enough to do what we really should never ask a victim to have to do. Make decisions about arrests and all that. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Just... We should be able to hand it off, and it processes like it should be processed. Will there be abuse? Yes. But we can't mm. lead with the laws because some people might abuse it. You know, I don't believe. Right. Absolutely. And I think that we've said enough about this case, but yeah. I want to say that this is probably – I mean, I'm sure there's been others, but this one really stands out as we have a pretty big audience right now, and I know that there's people out there that are likely being stalked in this moment. And just hearing the conversation that we had and hearing what ended up happening to Alice uh, hopefully may help somebody in seeking the help or taking serious somebody else's uh, questions that they're having about a particular person and nipping this shit in the bud because it only festers. It doesn't get better. No. The more that you one-on-one tell this person to leave you alone, the more um, they, don't, they, don't, they don't wilt away. They bloom, and the bloomage isn't... It's out of anger. It's out of rejection. The, the number one thing a stalker doesn't want is to be rejected. The reason why they're stalking you in the first place is because they're not getting what they want and they're still pushing forward out of the spirit of not wanting to be rejected. So a straight-up rejection is going to blossom it you know, even more. And you do need additional people knowing what's going on with you between you and this person. And if the police will listen, get them involved as well. I totally agree. I firmly believe that in cases of stalking, harassment, and abuse, there is one reality, and that is if you feel like you're backed into a corner as a victim, guess what? You are in a corner. Mm -hmm. It's happening. Yes, it's happening. So you can do one of two things. You can you can believe that things will change if you ignore it, or if you just become a nicer person, or don't bother them. Don't make them do those things again. All that, which I'm sorry. It, 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 once again, there are maybe a couple outliers out there where someone acting a little nicer could diffuse the whole situation. But in 99.9% of those cases, you're not the problem. You're not the problem. No. You're backed into a corner by someone that is not treating you right. So here's the thing. I believe that action should be taken. And but when you take that act, the first thing in your head is once I act, he's going to react or she's going to react. So there is a void created. So you have to overprotect yourself. Contact the authorities. Contact your family. Make the situation move in one way or another, but then don't just sit still because life will fill that void. And when you remove that thing from your life, the thing that wants to replace that void is that person again. So you need yeah. to put distance. You need to put controls. You need to do what you can to protect yourself. But staying in the situation, it just perpetrates the issue. And acting nice and using common sense with these people isn't a bomb. It, 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 it actually is an adjutant. 
Yes. It, it will. It will make them feel like the door is opening more. The 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 more common sense you use with them, and the more you try to treat them with kid gloves and and try to uh, bring down their aggression towards you. Yes, will only make them feel like you're opening the door more. So yes, it's so affirmation. If you can't be that type of person. You need to cut it off entirely and bring in somebody, whether it be the police or friends of yours, to act as a um, wedge between you and that person. To come full circle with it, the person that we talked about before that maybe is just annoying, but we don't want to embarrass them, it's worth confronting, communicating, and maybe establishing a little bit of a border because you can always circle around after the situation has been remedied. You can always come back and say, hey, I'm really sorry that we had that situation back before, but we've established this. It may be uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm glad we're where we're at now because both sides will mend. You know, and your fence will stay protected around you. And if you're worried about their feelings, you got to remember this. They're not worried about yours. No. Right? Why are you going to treat somebody the way that they're not treating you? That's my number yes. one rule. Do not treat anybody the, the way that, the, the, you know, in a way that they wouldn't give you the same respect for. Exactly. And, it, uh, and it, maybe uh, it's intentional. The person maybe not. who's being... You know, right. the that, person who's being stalked upon is is normally just a nicer person, an easier going person. And this person is very aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's a bad match. Yes. you're going to get overpowered. Yep, that bubble may be one of abuse control. It might be just someone who likes you more than that you like them. But whatever uh-huh. that is, that is an imbalance in the situation, and the balance should be corrected. Communication is great. Great way to start that. And make sure you're not just communicating to that person, but if you feel like there's a problem, make sure you're over-communicating to those people that can help. Got it. All right. I think we solved world hunger just now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm never shaving again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to seek okay. to that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seek help. Uh, seek right. help. All right. Hey, how about a happy ending? Please. Okay. I have to go see a house uh, that I might need to move to. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you yeah. some quick questions and then we'll roll right into this. We've also been okay. going for a while here, so I don't think people will be mad that I have to go look at the house. Anyway, okay. Hey, Luna. <laughs> Here are some questions I've gleaned from an Alcoholics Anonymous website for kids. <laughs> Great. These, yeah, this will be quick. This isn't for alcoholic kids. This is for kids <laughs> to help them recognize the signs of alcohol abuse in their home. Let's see how many you get right. Do you right. know what beer is? I do. Has anyone ever asked you to get them a beer? Definitely. What is a little beer versus a lot of beer? One beer versus six. Okay, good. What is too much beer? Fifteen. Okay. My heart is starting to hurt with these questions. What? Do you know how to open a beer? Yeah, oh yeah. Does your mom know that you drink beer? She does. <laughs> she does. She's not happy about it, but she, and she does. She knows. Okay, all right. Oh, I feel like those are probably geared toward a different audience then. Can I can I tell you something really funny fast? I know you sure. gotta go yeah. find a potato to live in. <laughs> um so I I went for, you know, a, a while there not drinking or whatever. And I'm feeling good about myself. And then last night I'm watching the hockey game and they it's a beer commercial and they're pouring this 
beautiful beer into this pint glass, and it's golden, and all the foam's coming up, and mm. it pours over the top slightly. I'm watching, and then I look down. I'm licking my lips, and that beer is in my hand. Whoa! <laughs> Somehow I went from watching the beer commercial to the beer store and back, and I'm watching the games about to start, and I got that beer in my hand. <laughs> You know, Some, sometimes I'll, I, I got such an issue with it that I'll be in the beer store and they're like, what would you like? And I'm like, I'd like to know how I got here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. That's some marketing right there. I thought you were saying you were watching the commercial and then it was in your hands. I'm like, that's impressive marketing right there. That's how quick it felt. That's yeah. how quick it felt. <laughs> that Pavlovian yeah. anyway. sick situation. Hey, um, I love you. I love you. And I'll say this. Um I know it's not easy to overcome something like that. I think the, there's a misconception that happens a lot, and that is that when you when you feel like you failed to move the ball forward uh, when you're dealing with an addiction or or something like that, that uh, that you should punish yourself. Um, but remember this: that the punishment is actually just giving in again. That the punishment is already done. Don't punish yourself more. Just. Hmm. Start start again. Don't. There's no need to exacerbate the punishment. The punishment is falling back in line with the addiction. Thanks. Uh, I like that. That kind of goes in line with what we were just saying to the previous case. And that's a really good piece of advice, Op. I, I really do appreciate it. I started smoking weed for quite a bit, and I thought that that would be a way to go get away from it. But then I was smoking at like 1130, and someone's like, What's, what about 420? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, 420 is for like kids. I'm more like a high noon guy, you know? <laughs> All of your advices have such poetry to them. I don't know if I should encourage you to get away from them. I think there's, I don't know. I think we're dealing with another uh, yeah. genius on our hands here. So, well, okay. All right. Well, here's well, here's a happy ending. So, uh, the, right. the lady on this call is a bit fizzy, and she thinks pills are bitter, and they make her pale, but she needs help tapping out a problem that's a bit longer than usual. So <laughs> let, let, let's hop on this call and see if she can picture a solution to her problem. <laughs> I got another beer in my hand. All of a sudden. That's weird. <laughs> it just appeared. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. Ale, you ready for me to hit play? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Here we beer. It's emergency. Um, this isn't really an emergency, but it is sort of one to this little old lady. I've been terribly upset, and I thought the only thing I could do, I don't think of sleep pills and all of that. I went out and bought myself a couple of small bottles of beer. I thought that would relax me. What's the problem? The problem is I can't open the bottle. Could you send a man over, and I'll be downstairs and have him open the bottle. Okay, now wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. Am I correct that you can't sleep so you went out and bought two bottles of beer and you want a policeman to come by and open them for you? Yes, please because I don't have any equipment here that seems to handle that kind of a top and uh, I, I have never gone in. <laughs> I think I had a ketchup bottle once and uh, a neighbor broke the top off. Oh, well listen, I'm going to get you someone out there to open those beer bottles for you. Well, you just stay in your apartment now, Betty, yeah. and I'll send them up to the apartment. What's your phone number? I can hardly see it. It's all blotted and blurred. It looks like uh, 
I can't see it with all the magnifying. Okay, you can't see it without magnifying glass. That's okay that I don't know your phone number now. And uh, it's down below, and that is, was it, and then they put another one on the top, and they're sort of over blurred. I'm sorry, oh, Paul. That's okay. I'll just get I'm, it. I'm cold sober, and I... I know you are. Yeah, and I don't have any any bad intent or anything. I just want to be able to go to sleep. I know. Well, we'll get you in out there to open that beer bottle. Thank you. You're kindly, welcome. Dear. Uh-huh. Shall I hang up? Yes. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> that that was that was a beautiful thing right there. Oh my gosh. Like she she didn't want to uh commit any more alcohol abuse by smashing the top off or anything like that, right? But the 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 thing that the operator did so well there was recognizing who you're dealing with. And this is an actual emergency for a person who's an alcoholic. See see the the um uh, the restrictions that are put on what you can buy out here where I am, uh-huh. like you can't buy toys and regular stuff, but the one place you can still go to is the beer store. Wow. The beer store is staying open no matter what. Yeah, it's essential. And I think what they've recognized, <laughs> what they've recognized is a lot of people really do depend on alcohol. Um, and if you took it away from them, their life would completely fall apart and it's going to help them get through it. And I, what, the, what the operator did right there was didn't shame her or, or anything else. Sure, we'll send somebody out. No problem. You know, yep. no, no yep. problem. Yeah. And, and they'll pop the bottles for her and they'll move on. I mean, what else were they doing? <laughs> I, they'll get there eventually, right? right. Like it's not that difficult. So I, I loved how that was handled. It didn't go the way I thought it would, but I, I love it. That, that's, that's treating the downtrodden... Uh, with some humanity and yeah. she it could have turned into an all day affair with her that she was rejected on that and pushed down even further but no they'll just come help her out move on with her day drink your beers old lady and everything's cool don't worry about exactly. it exactly exactly that's the way she go alright I just got a text from my wife that says the agent is at the house already so can we go now question mark so, so I gotta go <laughs> good luck good luck alright thank you um, hugs everybody Hugs. Our little baby 1159 Media continues to grow into a bigger baby with many shows under its belt. Like Boss Baby, but with more hugs and less mature adults at the wheel. 911 Calls Podcast is flanked by our other free shows, Dark Topic and True Crime Kent. If you haven't checked them out, you really should. Jack and I are both on the True Crime Kent show, along with our redneck historian, Kent Chungus. And for those of you that have had enough of me, check out Dark Topic for Jack's solo act, where F.T. Norton writes, and then he writes some more words and messes with her perfect punctuation. Then he records the whole thing and performs all the parts to some of the most intense true crime stories you've ever heard. He even tries to do the women parts, bless his little dark heart. Patreon. At this point, you know what it is because I'm annoying about it. And you know what we have over there. Four. That's right. Count them. Four exclusive shows now for your earballs to enjoy. Maybe enjoy is the wrong word. Our hearts have never been more full. And our bills have never been so close to being paid. You are the wind beneath our wings. And sometimes even the wind beneath our shorts. When we need a little more of a boost. So much hugs to all of you. So much hugs. I want to squish all of your cheeks. Your face cheeks, mostly. Hugs.